This is the Calvary Bible Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. We're praying this message encourages you. Learn more about Calvary and join us online each Sunday for services at calvarybible.com. Coming out of the pandemic, now is a critical time for the church to stand in the gap when division is prevalent in our community. As the church, we have an opportunity to demonstrate the transformational work of Jesus Christ in our lives. In the midst of chaos and crisis and calamity, the church has the true answers to bring hope, peace, love to our hurting friends and neighbors. The church has also suffered during COVID. Many in the church have retreated. They forgot about the power of the gospel and the hope that we have in Christ. As we begin to regather, I want to remind you that God's people, that we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. We are called to live a disciple-making lifestyle. Over the next few weeks at Calvary, we're going to be talking what it means to be a disciple and to live a disciple-making lifestyle. So let's look at the scriptures together and see what God has to say of what it means to be a disciple. We're going to start here in Mark 1, 17. And it says this, And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Again, Jesus in Mark 3, verses 14 through, or 13 and 14, he says this, And he went up to a mountainside and called to them those who he desired. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve who he named the apostles, so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach. Did you catch it in both those? That he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He said, come be with me and I will send you out to preach. This is the language of what a disciple is all about. It's someone who's learned and grows and understands who Jesus is, sits at his feet, but then at the same time, they go out and they live out the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. So we follow and then we go fish. We're with Christ and then we are sent out. And it's twofold is what it means to be a disciple. Here's what it says in John 15. We're going to start in uh, verse four. It says this, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like the branch that withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and in my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But this, my Father, is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. Once again, it's this idea of coming and abiding in Christ. It's coupled together that you would be with Christ so that you can bear much fruit. To be a disciple is one who is with Christ, who's learning and growing and building a deeper understanding. And simultaneously, they are exercising their faith and putting it into actions. Throughout the scriptures, we see this is the response for Christ. We even see how some of Paul's writing couples these together in like the book of Ephesians and the book of Romans. The first part is all about what Christ did for you. And then it's the call to live your life and live a way that is worthy of 
the calling. It's this, the motivation is done in what Christ has done for us. And so we come to this life of, of how do we live it? What does it look like? And it's this idea of inflow and outflow. And that's what I used to think of my life. It was about if I could get inflow, then I would outflow. And so I would have uh, the word and the truth come into my life. And so it would be in my cup and then I would pour out my cup and I would pass it on to others. But what I learned was if I keep flowing out or pouring out, without putting anything in, I become really dry and empty. And so I need that that outside source, like the church and being with the community of believers. And the community of believers encourages you. And they they spur you on to love and good deeds. And they, they pour into your life. And then you begin to, well, instead of outflow, we want to overflow. But even eventually that runs out and that's empty. What we really are hoping for in our life is that we are connected to the ultimate source. And that ultimate source never stops flowing and it continues to pour in our lives and the overflow just continues, 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 and continues. That's what we want our spiritual life to be like. That's what it looks like to be a disciple is that our lives would continue to be poured into. We would be with Christ and then we would pour out our heart and our soul from what we've learned. That's this whole idea of the inflow we take in of being with Christ so that we can overflow and tell others about the amazing work that Christ has done in our life. That's what we're looking to do as followers of Christ. And if you are attending one of our in-person campuses this week, you're going to hear us talk about serving and going out into the community and being a part of uh, the, the community here in the building where you maybe serve with kids or you're leading a life group. But we believe that everyone is a contributor to the work of Christ. And so that's what we're going to be doing in our in-person services. We're going to have these places where people can sign up to serve and contribute and use their gifts and talents. But here online, I want to encourage you to be doing the same thing. As we continue to talk this morning, that I ask that you'd begin to pray, Lord, where can I contribute to your kingdom? Where can I serve? Where can I make an impact that's going to make a difference? Because friends, the church throughout COVID really took some big hits especially in the area of people stepping up to serve and use their gifts and talents. And most of the time it wasn't because people weren't willing to serve. There just wasn't a lot of opportunities to do that. We were no longer to gather in person. We were no longer able to uh, teach kids or be with students. Like the pandemic didn't allow us to be together. And over the last 15 months, a lot of the people who were serving and contributing regularly began to step away just doing research and seeing what's happening in our whole country. Like this is going to be a major problem in our country in the next season of ministry. So I'm asking as you hear the word spoke today and the word is taught to you that you would begin praying, Lord, what can I do to use my gifts and talents? Because there are some that are still fearful. Others have become apathetic. They, they're afraid to, to serve the community instead of serving the community, they're serving themselves or they found comfort in what they have. They've enjoyed more time. They forgot that we are called to live on mission with God. But there's another group of people, and this is where I think most of us lie, is that we're weary. We're still really tired from all the things that we had to endure during the pandemic. It took a lot of energy just to make it through the last 15 months. 
We have all felt the fatigue of life during this, this season. But my prayer, my desire is the church would step up in this time and they would begin to see that God has placed us here for a unique time as this to help people understand who Jesus is, what he's all about, and how we live a life that brings honor to him. Because friends, the church is an unstoppable force. Nothing can stop it, not even the gates of hell, not even a pandemic. The church will continue to move and reach people for the kingdom of God. Be asking the Lord, where is it that I can serve and how can I be a part of this incredible movement called the church? So let's take a look at what Christ was like and how he served and the way he modeled his life because that's what we want our attitude to be like as well. Jesus said this in Mark 10, but it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you, you must be a servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. This was the way Christ lived and what he did is that he gave himself up. He gave himself up so that all people who believe in him can have a relationship with him. He models it as well in John 13. He says, for I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is no greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. He says this when he's washing the disciples' feet at, at the Last Supper, and he's caring for them, and he's, he's putting himself in a position of servanthood to show them that's the position that we need to take with people, that we need to be, able to be willing to do the dirtiest of all jobs because we love them so much because of what Christ has done for us. Paul writes in Philippians this, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. The example of Christ calls us to love others first to think about their interests above our own, to become a servant, to find ways to serve and care and love for those. We want to become servant leaders. So a disciple is someone who makes disciples, who is abiding in Christ. They have this incredible inflow so they can outflow into the lives of others by serving them with Christ-like humility. What is so amazing about being a follower of Christ is that he's gifted each one of us uniquely to be ministers of the gospel and to be disciple makers. This is what gets me really excited about the church, friends, is that through the work of the Holy Spirit, like he is gifting us. It's nothing that we're doing or we have to make, but it's the gifts that God has put in our lives. I kind of think of it this way, that we all have two callings in our life. There's a general calling that all of us have. And our general calling is to make disciples of all nations, teaching them all the ways of the Lord, to follow all the commands of the Lord. And then we all have a specific calling, that we are all created differently, that we're unique. We have different passions and talents and abilities and skills. And inside of that, we use those to spread the good news of Jesus to people who don't know him. This is what is communicated in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 12. It says this, 
Now, there are varieties of gift. Like, there's so many different gifts out there. And they're kind of listed in the 12s and 4s is how I like to remember. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. You can get kind of an idea of the different spiritual gifts that are out there. And there are varieties of service, but there's the same Lord, a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all to everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For that, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another ability to have um, wisdom or distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues and to interpretation. And all these are empowered by the same Spirit who... Um, works in all of us. And then it says this, for just as one, just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. I love that picture of the church, that there's so many unique giftings in the church, that the way the Lord is working, the skills that he's given people here, it's fun to see the church come together and work for the common good of letting people know who Jesus is and what he's done for them. And so a couple of things that I learned and I just want to share with you out of 1 Corinthians 12 is this, that every believer has at least one spiritual gift, that everyone has one. Some have more than one, but that everyone has at least one. The second thing is not every believer has all the spiritual gifts. We don't, no one has them all because that wouldn't allow us to need each other in the church. And the third is this, is that we need the entire body of believers to help each other grow to full maturity. And Paul echoes this in Ephesians 4 when he says this, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood or personhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We need each other to build up the body. No one person can do it all. We want to become fully mature believers of Christ and we need everyone to do it. You actually cheat the body of Christ when you don't use your gifts and talents to serve the community because we need you. We need what the Lord's possessed in you to have the whole church grow to maturity and the fullness of understanding who Christ is. I hope you hear that, that we need you to serve, not for our own needs to accomplish anything, but to help the entire body grow to maturity. And when you don't do that, you cheat us from growing in the fullness of who Christ is. One of the things I appreciate so much about Pastor Tom is he comes back to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 all the time. And he reminds us about how we are all unique masterpieces that are created to do good works. And it says this, and the first part is really important to remember that our motivation comes through what Christ did in our life. But Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not on your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one boasts, may, so no one may boast for we are his workmanship 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, reminding us and encouraging us that the church um, needs one another. By God's grace, we have been saved through faith, nothing that we have done, but through the gift of Christ, not by works, but it is a gift, my friends. This is so amazing to think about, is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loved us so much that he sent his only son to be the ultimate sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. And whoever believes in him will be saved and shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the hope that we have and we live out of. And when we've experienced the transformational work of God, my hope is that you would want to share it with as many people as you possibly can. Think about just when you experience something great. You go to like an incredible restaurant. When you're done with it, don't you just want to come and tell everyone how great the food was and the experience? Or maybe you watch an incredible uh, play on TV, like some athlete did something fantastic. And you're like, you got to watch this. This is unbelievable. Or, or you know, some of you might see a TikTok or a, a reel and you want to show your friends because you're like, this is so cool or this was really fun to watch. That's why the gospel should do to us is that because our lives have been transformed, we should be telling everyone what Christ has done for us about the incredible hope. And then verse 10 says that you are God's workmanship. This idea of workmanship actually is God's unique masterpiece. God painted you in a specific way for a specific reason because you have purpose. And that purpose is to do the good works that he has called you to do, that you would serve in your giftedness, that you would use the talents that you have to impact the kingdom of God. And there's a variety of them, friends. There's so many different ways. Some of you have been incredibly gifted with computers. Some of you have talents in building. Others have the ability to write. Some are incredible communicators. Others are great at hospitality. Others are really good leaders. There's a variety of gifts that God uses to be difference makers, to be agents of change, to be ambassadors for the creators of the universe. You are uniquely wired and built for a specific purpose. And that purpose is to help people understand who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. I hope you lean into that. I hope you lean into those truths that to be a disciple means that we are with Christ and then we are sent out to make other disciples. And we do that by modeling Christ-like humility because of what he did for us. We want to be a disciple who is being filled with God and abiding in Christ, then goes out. And with humility, we tell people about what he's done in our lives, knowing that God has uniquely gifted you as his masterpiece to minister to others. So my encouragement and my challenge for you is this, as we wrap up our time together that if you have experienced the transforming work of Christ, if Christ has made a difference in your life, that you would lean into him, that you would sit at his feet, you would experience his love, his comfort and grace, that you would be still and know he was God. And then you'd begin to understand the power of the gospel that is in you and you won't stop there. That you would understand that you are called to be an agent of transformation, to be a disciple who goes and makes disciples, telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to be a disciple who is sent out, 
who understands that God has given you some specific talents and gifts, experiences and passions, and you use them for the kingdom of God so that other people can take the next step in their relationship with Christ. Like I mentioned earlier, here at our campuses in person, we're inviting people into this same ask, that we would love for them to begin to serve and contribute to the kingdom of God. And it's not just here in the building. We want people to use their gifts in the community, in their workplaces, in the schools. Maybe it is working with our kids here and and teaching the next generation or caring with students or helping do videos or maybe it's singing on the worship team or it's leading a life group. I don't know what it is, but here's what I'm asking you to do. First, would you begin to pray and seek the Lord where you maybe can serve? Would you just take some time and say, Lord, what do you have for me? How can I use the, the unique gifts and talents you've given me to be an agent of restoration. And the second one is, would you reach out? Would you take that step and say, hey, I want to help. I want to serve. And maybe for those of you who, who join us online, you can connect with Steph. Steph is the one who introduces each service and would love to connect with you. And you might reach out to Steph and say, Steph, I would love to start serving in some capacity. And it might not even be here at Calvary, but wherever you are, if you're in our our area or you're in the state or out of the state or even out of the country, my encouragement is you'd reach out and you'd say, how can I contribute? Because even when you're serving as a coach on a team, my hope and prayer is that you're using that time to be intentional to help people understand who Jesus is and what they've done for them. And then the third thing is, is you would actually begin to serve. Serve in the community of believers, serve in your community, serve in your neighborhood. It doesn't matter, but begin to sacrificially give your time in Christ-like humility to others. Because that's when we begin to think of the interest of others above yourself. Be dangerous for the kingdom of God. Be a disciple who makes disciples, who makes disciples, who makes disciples. Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you that your word is powerful. And Father, we covered a lot of different things um, today. I ask that you would work in the hearts of your people and that it would be nothing that I have said, but how your spirit is working in their lives. I, I pray that they would see the transforming work that you've done in their lives and that would motivate them and help them understand that you have uniquely gifted them to be disciple makers. And they would use their gifts and talents to impact the community and the spheres of influence that you have placed them in. Lord, you are so good. And I'm excited to see how you use the church coming out of the pandemic to make a difference. Lord, would you rise up leaders? Would you rise up servants? Would you rise up volunteers to impact the communities they're in for your glory? We love you in your name. Amen.